gentlemen, and welcome back to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. We're awfully glad you took some time out of your day to kick back, relax with us, and open a perspective for yourself on communication, on how these words play out in your life. How do you verb it? How do you model and mentor the words that we talk about? And what does it mean to you? And what's your perception? I'm Stacy Johnston. Honored to be here with you today, and equally as honored as always to sit alongside my co-host, Kathy Holland. How are you today, Kathy? I am doing great. I am I'm great. In comparison to the last 15 days, we are killing it today. How are you? Hi, we are doing well. Congratulations, by the way, on your, on your recovery. Um, we've all had our, our chance to walk around and play with this 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 plague that's hanging out in our world right now, so it's beautiful to see you on the other side and doing well. So nice to have you. So as you're sitting here, Catherine, we're about to have another one of these conversations. We've talked over and over about what it adds to our life, what the draw is to it, what's the attraction to it. So where's the intrigue for you? What is it that makes you keep coming back on a Wednesday? Yeah, the different perspective. Right. It really brings to light that there are, you know, so many different people and views and definitions and ways that they go about things. You know, it's just I I appreciate the different. Mm. I do too. How about you? I really it, I appreciate the different, but I also appreciate what it's done for me as a communicator. You know, as I work with people in, in the coaching industry and in the training industry and the people that we get to meet with and even my family and my friends, it's really opened my eyes on the importance of making sure that we're seeing it the same way, that we got the same perception of that word or that conversation because it's helped me recognize that as just the three of us might have this conversation today, we might get three completely different concepts on what a word means. And you can go into a conversation and you have a perception of what it's about, and so do they. And I think until we're ready to open that door and make sure that we're seeing the same definition right there, it can really affect how you communicate with somebody or the outcome of that conversation. It's It's very intriguing to me. It's fun. Well, let's get this conversation on the road today. I always love doing it. We have a, a beautiful lady returning with us today, Miss um, Sherry Tomiko. She's coming back to join us from West Virginia. And uh, we had the honor of having her on our Uncaped Heroes podcast. So I'm very anxious to have this conversation with her and, and see where it leads. So ladies and gentlemen, may we introduce and bring back to the show today, Miss Sherry Tomiko. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So, Sherry, answer me this. What made you say yes? What made you decide to come and have this conversation with us? Well, I really enjoy these organic conversations. Um, A lot of my work is showing up and settling into a conversation and meeting someone else where they are. So this kind of conversation where you're like, okay, tell me about this. That's kind of the way I, I do most of my work is I show up and I, I just talk about whatever needs to be talked about in that moment. Amen. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about the word restore. When you hear the word restore, what is your first thought and definition of that word? Well, restore feels like hope. To me, it's 
rejuvenation and rebirth and regrowth and just a very growth-minded sort of word. Mm, I like that. I like that. Kathy, how about you? What does the word restore bring to your mind? When I hear restore, I think, <clears throat> you know, renew, right? You're renewing something, you're bringing something back, but when you're bringing it back, you're also adding you to it. So it's like bringing it back with a kick. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that, bringing it back with a kick. I think about when I think about the word restore, I think about... You know, it takes me to a basic place like your closet, right? You're going to, you got to finally, you finally found the day, you finally found the hours, you're going to clean out the closet, and and you got to make a huge mess to get that done, right? You got to disrupt the living room that it's in or the bedroom that it's in, and you got to pull it all out. But you get to restore that. You get to put back in what you know, what you've learned, what's going to move forward with you. And so every time you open that closet, it's a, it's been restored. It's a new thing, but it's, it's the old filled with new wisdom and filled with new knowledge so that it makes it a new thing, right? It's been restored to this new thing with the old and the new together. Yeah, I love that framing of restore because I think that when we think about restore, we think of getting back to where we were. Now, as you might remember, I live in a world where I help couples have really good relationships, and I never think of restore as getting them back to the, the best place that they were in the past. I think of restore as getting them to that new place, like with the closet where you've cleaned it out and it functions better and, and it, you can open that door and maybe there's even a sense of joy about the new organization. And so restore to me with couples also means that like that newness, that growth, that, that more positive place than where you've been in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You have to go forward with that new knowledge. Kathy, where does that take you? It, it kind of, um, you know, it, it kind of rings true with the whole recovery thing, right? You go through addiction and you go through treatment and you come out of treatment and, yes, you're still the same person, but now you have a whole other set of tools to move forward with, right? So rehabilitation and restoration kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you see an old building or you read an article about a historical site that's going to be restored to its original place, right? It's, its original look, its original molding, whatever, they're going to restore this place. It takes today's knowledge to get that done, to go back in to replace what was from old. It takes today's knowledge and today's wisdom and today's tune to get that done. And so to... I think in marriage, right, and I'll just use that as an example because, sure, that's the place that you work. In marriage, when I worked with, with couples through family services to get that back, I, so often I would hear, well, I just want my husband back. I just want my, the girl back I married. And so it, it takes a minute to help people understand that that's really not fair, right, because you're not that same person that you were all those years ago. 
And so how do you take what you've learned about each other, what you know about each other, and restore this relationship and make it something new that you can, that you can enjoy, that you can get into, that you can... You know, when you, when you clean out that closet or when you paper that bathroom, how many times do you go back and open that door just to make sure that's really true? <laughs> right, you open the door 25 times at first and you go, look, I clean that closet and I love it. I know right where that is now. Right? And so you keep going back to it. So I think if you can put that same joy and that same wisdom and that same knowledge and that same beauty into rebuilding that relationship, it makes it easy to go back and reopen that door over and over and go, look how cool this is now. So the heart of restore is not the past. The heart of restore is a creation in the future. I like that. That's like a bumper sticker. The hardware store is creation in the future. I like that. Kathy, where does that take you? So I appreciate that entire concept. You know, like I was saying, restoration and rehabilitation kind of go hand in hand because what you're doing is bringing something back with a kick, right? Like I said, you have new tools in your toolbox and you have new ideas. But I think as far as people, you know, and I can't say that I'm a pro. I've only been married six years. But growth brings change, and change scares people, right? So normalizing that change is okay and that it's good and that you're always continuously changing I think is very important. I think the analogy that I have of being in a marriage is two people walking down a path. And as they're walking down the path, the the hope is that they'll be in step with one another. But in reality, one is often ahead or one's lagging behind. Sometimes you have these little offshoots where they go on this little side trip. And so that restore is that bringing back together into step. And knowing how to do that is a really powerful thing in a relationship. Like that noticing, oh, we're out of sync, we're out of step. And then restoring back into step and knowing what it takes to do that in your relationship. Like I think that's where the real magic is and understanding that that flow is natural. Mm, I I appreciate that. I do. You know, I've been married 38 years. We celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary in February. And um, it's been a journey, right? I mean, we, we've had more than one time in 38 years where we had to step back and go, okay, well, what's not working right here, right? What do, we need to, what do we need to do? Is this you? Is this me? Is this us? Is it a perception? Is it, what is it? And you, you have to be willing to do that, to, to clean out the closet of your life. And take out the stuff that no longer works or no longer fits or is taking up too much space so you can build and put the stuff back in there that you need to move to the next place. Right? I mean, food only lasts so long in the freezer and you finally got to throw it out and get some new food. And I think the same thing works in relationships and in marriage and in business and in management. Not everything works like that all the time forever. Every once in a while you've got to go, we need to pull that out. Let's put something new in that spot. And, and you build that restoration as you go. Um, so I know, I know oh, that's that's, for that's us. great. Build that restoration as you go. That's a very powerful statement. 
Thank you. It, you know, it, it's kind of what we've learned along the way, you know. Um, if you wait too long and you just keep putting it on the back burner and keep acting like it and keep, it makes it so much harder. Um, let me ask you this, Sherry, as a, as a therapist and, as a, and someone that deals with this on an everyday basis, where do you think fear blocks restoration? Oh, fear is so powerful. Fear is such a normal and natural emotion, and it's supposed to protect us from getting hurt. But fear also can feed on itself, and then it becomes obstructive and keeps us from personal growth and from connecting with others. So when you think about restoration, um, I think a lot of times we don't even take that very first step because we're afraid of what the outcome will be and we're afraid that we can't get to the goal so we don't take the first step. Mm, that makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Kathy, as, as someone newly married, you know, six years, six years is a, is a minute of time compared to that 50. So when you look at marriage at six years and you think about the restoration that might need to come down the road and where fear would come in, where does that sit with you? Well, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot of times about fear causing you to block your own blessings, right? Mm-hmm. And if you are afraid that a certain situation is going to be marriage ending, then you probably shouldn't be married, right? If it's something that you're afraid to talk about or afraid to, to walk through or afraid to to face with your partner, then, you know, what are you doing, really? Because that's mm-hmm. what they're for, you know? That, that's, that's who you're supposed to be able to go to with these problems and to trust with your feelings and... You know, I tell my husband all the time that I really enjoy being married to my best friend because I've literally known my husband his entire life. Mm. Yep. You know, so there's, I mean, really at the end of the day, if I had any fear that something that was going to come out of my mouth was going to cause him to leave me, then I probably shouldn't be married to him. That makes sense. Sherry, how about you? It's it's impossible to be close to someone else without risking that they're going to hurt you. And it's, unfortunately, our partners are going to let us down or are going to miss an opportunity or misread a situation. And when that happens, we have to still be present and vulnerable with them and that's where the fear can come in is knowing that they can hurt us now the restore is that um, you clean up that stuff when it happens you apologize Mm -hmm. you you make up for that that hurt but I think having that restoring built into the relationship having those repairs be something that are easy to access, something you both know what repairs when you let each other down. That's where 
you can be vulnerable and not worry that you won't recover from these things. Mm. You know, I, I think when you <clears throat> when you think about just what you were talking about, you know, it, I think like your partner's fear, right? I've seen in so many relationships and sometimes in my own as I, maybe as I learn a new thing or begin to move forward or all of a sudden there's this new thing and there's a new energy and there's these new people and this new stuff going on, I feel the threat that my spouse feels, right? Like they get, and I, I really want to pinpoint him, but I think sometimes a spouse can get threatened by the success or the forward moving or the growth of another one of the other side. And so I do think sometimes like his fear, she sees that, you know, she can see that fear in him. And she goes, oh, I better stop. Right? It's going to create a problem if I grow. And so they stop growing. They stop moving forward. They stop becoming to satisfy their partner's fear. And, you know, and I, think that, I think that's part of the restoration is, is it's okay to grow this way because they'll meet you in the middle. They'll find a place. <clears throat> and there's not enough faith in that, in that restoration process. Um, stops a lot of people from moving forward. I see a lot of personal growth get halted because of the fear of someone else around them. You know, I used to tell my clients, you're not responsible for, for how someone else responds to your growth. It's really none of your business, right? That's your puzzle that you're working on. And other people around you get uncomfortable because all of a sudden you don't fit into their puzzle the same way. But that's not for you to fix. That's for them to fix. That's a, that's a restoration of morph of their own puzzle so that you fit into it now. But it can't stop you from growing. But it's hard to, that personal restoration is very difficult if it threatens other people around you. Well, I would even push that one step further that growth is inevitable. You can either choose to grow in, in a particular direction because that's where you want to go, or crises will come along and you will have to grow because of a circumstance. Now, all of us have both kinds of growth to some degree, so couples will always be out of step as they're, they're either choosing personal growth or they're responding with personal growth because of crises. Very true. Very true. I think, Kathy, you and I have talked more than once, and, <clears throat> and several on this show <clears throat> have talked more than once about the the Peter Pan concept that marriage is a 50-50 proposition. You're going to marry this person that's your very best friend. You're madly in love with them. You're going to stay that way forever. You're always going to be 50-50. You're always going to see eye to eye. And I think we, we, we build that, right, in young people and, and thinking that that's what it's going to be about. And that's so not true in so many ways. I mean, by the grace of God, you get to marry your best friend and you get to have that. But the reality that you're always going to be 50-50, that you're always going to see it true, it just sets you up to be disappointed and live in that world of expectation versus that world of reality around marriage. Marriage is a decision that you make, not a piece of paper and a badass party. And, and it's so a decision a, that you make again and again. Yeah, every day. Every day. So let me ask you both this. As you coach people, as you work with your clients, as you, as you mentor the people around you and you you are this person's character and integrity that people can look to and be the shoulders that someone stands on. How do you model restoration in a positive way to your children, to your clients, to your coworkers, to your family, to the people around you? How do you model that and show the positive side of that restoration? Cassie, I'll let you go first. 
surprised to me how many times my answer to questions like this are to fail forward, right? Especially where your kids are concerned because really they're the only people that are, they're the only people that, that matter in that situation, you know. If you are, you know, if you're in a situation, if you're, if you're having an argument, whatever it is, learning that it is okay to be in that position as long as you learn from it because there's something to be learned from that situation. You're arguing for a reason. You're disagreeing for a reason. You're not seeing eye to eye on a situation. So until you sit down and handle that like a grown-up and learn the lesson that you were both in that position to learn, you know, I think it's very important for your kids to see that, right? It's okay to argue as long as you come out of that stronger. So the lesson that comes out of it, the the situation that arises because of that decision, whatever it is, failing forward is is a great way to verb that. Yeah, I like it. Sherry, how about you? I love that framing of it, and I agree with everything Cassie said. I would add to that that um, it's almost never too late to go back and learn something from a situation. And there are often a lot of opportunities to go back and even clean up something in that relationship. Um, I think one of the things that I try to model for my kids is after something goes poorly, to think about that and if there's some action that I need to take so that I stand in my integrity, that I do that. Sometimes that's as simple as an apology. Other times that is me recognizing a place where I need to grow as a person and then being thoughtful and intentional about making sure that I take those steps so that I can, I can stand in that integrity that's so important to me. It's beautiful. I like that, stand in your integrity. What a challenge, right, that we face every single day. Can you stand in your integrity in spite of what the world would have you be? Um, I really like that. That's a great bumper sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I would so take a picture of that on the back of somebody's car. (laughs) It would be one of those things on my fridge, you know. I love it. I love it. That's a great thing. I love the one-liners we stick on our fridges, you know, things to always help you remember. (laughs) Um, We used to have one on our fridge the whole time my kid was growing up that said the best thing you can do for your future is quit trying to have a better past. Wow, Um, that's really powerful. I'm great. We kept it right on the fridge every day just just to remind us all that you get to build on the new stuff. No matter how angry you are or upset or disabled, whatever's happened has already happened. You cannot make it unhappen. But you can learn from it and move forward from that. Um, oh, yeah. Let's quit trying to have a better past and just have a better future. You can build that. You can restore that. So, ladies, I've had a great time. I could keep having this conversation all day long. I love these. I love to learn and hear these, these bits of gold that come from this wisdom and knowledge. But we are at a place where we're going to have to wind down with respect to you, Sherry, as our guest, and with respect to our listening audience. So we would love for you always to remember that we're brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If you want to have a conversation with us, if you have a story to share, you want to banner a word, or you just need someone to talk to, we're interested in what you have to say, please, Reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. 
I am going to part today for our audience just with a, a request for a look-see. Step back. Take a picture. Take a minute and just look around your life. What needs to be restored? Is it just that closet in the living room? Or is it the relationship with your mom? Or a place in your marriage? Or one of your children? Or that coworker at work? Check those relationships. Check that places in your life where you see restoration. Pray for the courage. And uh, take that first step to restore that like you, the picture that you want to see. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today with Restore? Just with a thought. Right? I mean, it's okay if you miss that mark the first time as long as you figure out why you missed it so that you can hit it the second time. Sherry, how would you like to leave our audience today? Restore is often messy. And messy is not an indicate. It shouldn't indicate whether you move forward or not. In order to restore, you have to keep your eye on the ultimate goal of where you're headed and know that the messy is part of how you get there. <laughs> 